0: Hi, it's Arjun. Today I'd like to address the question that we get, I get, every time energy rallies. Are we at peak? It it doesn't matter what kind of market we're in. Structural bull market, structural bear market, cyclical rally, seasonal rally, whatever the nature of the rally, people are always asking, are we at peak? And I'm gonna give a quick spoiler, you can not watch the rest of this video, no. We're not at peak. I think it's still very early days in this new structural upcycle. So the question is, when do structural upcycles peak? First, capex. The most important driver of the structural energy cycle is the capital allocation cycle. It is spending money and capital allocation. That is how a company generates earnings, cash flows, free cash flows, and ultimately pays out dividends and returns. You do need to spend money. This is a business. Where, especially in the upstream, the oil fields inherently decline, there's a need for constant capex. So, the question though of when does the cycle peak? It peaks after you have a major capex cycle, not before, certainly not one and a half years into some little uptick off the lows. We need tripling, something like that, of capex to start worrying, even just to start worrying about whether we're at peak. Next key variable I'll look at reinvestment rates we are at essentially all-time lows in the amount of cash flow that's being reinvested back into the business. Typically, energy peaks when you're at peak reinvestment rates, which for industry at large, we'd call right around 100%. Now, for those of you that kind of have focused more on the E&P sector, their historic peak reinvestment rate has been more like 120, 130%, but when you include the majors, the international oils. Currently, we have 40% type reinvestment rates, You typically would want to be close to 100% before worrying that we might be nearing the peak of the cycle. Return on capital. This is something I've spent a lot of time talking about, the importance of it, but you also get signals on where you are in the cycle. And simplistically, if you look at a regression of return on capital to underlying oil prices, are you doing better, worse, or about in line? with the historic regression line. So there's always gonna be volatility, something I've also talked a lot about, ups and downs in oil prices. Through all those ups and downs, is our return on capital improving or worsening versus oil prices? Another key cyclical indicator. Uh, Last thing to mention is just the weights in the S&P 500 and Russell growth. We are up off lows, especially with the S&P. We're well below the kind of levels that usually signify uh, the sector is more fully valued. And then just the last area, deeply cyclical is the idea of growth versus value. Energy, of course, is a value sector, or energy versus tech. These are very uh, long-term cycles here, multi-decadal in nature. We are just up off the troughs. So let me just go through some of these slides quickly. This one I know I've shown a lot. I'm gonna keep reinforcing it. These return on capital cycles are long-term in nature, 15 years up, 15 years down. 91 to 2006 up, 2006 to 2020, the most recent period, down. And now here in 2022, uh, we should be in year two of an improvement. And actually, uh, we might make all-time highs depending on how December kind of plays out here. Uh, second point to make uh, is that the ROC cycles are not one-to-one with the oil prices. Yes, year-to-year, that variability will be driven by oil but the structural cycle, the long-term cycle, it is not one-to-one with the wall price. It's, It's actually driven by capital allocation. So there's a period where, for lack of a better phrasing, companies underspend, returns improve. There's another phase where they overspend, and that's the time you have to worry. We're far from that today. So here's a couple graphs to just highlight these things. So in this one, I've overlaid The capital spending for what we're calling the messy energy transition era, the green line, this is billions of dollars on the left axis, versus, and it's absolute levels of CapEx, versus what was experienced in the 2002 to 2014 cycle. And you can see almost um, kind of surprisingly, actually, CapEx, both in terms of rate of change, uh, as well as absolute levels, is very similar. It's almost spot on with what we saw in the previous cycle. Now this is a universe of publicly traded current and previous companies that I like to track. I prefer this metric of using publicly traded companies because you can follow them, you can model them. I think you have the chance to get better real-time insights than using some aggregated series from the government or some of the consulting firms or what have you. So it is my universe of I think it's 75 to 80 companies past and present and you can see in absolute dollar terms The spending is actually very similar. A couple points here. Um, People say industry is not spending as much as previous cycles. That's actually not true. (laughs) It's actually spending almost exactly the same. There's also some notion that spending has been held back either because of politicians or ESG warriors. And I'd say that's not actually true either. It looks like the response function, if you will, is very similar to what we've seen in prior cycles. Now, this Is the same capex, but adjusted for the level of demand? That's a question I keep getting. I'll try to answer the question again, um, but I think I'm perhaps not being clear enough. Back in the 2002 to 2004 period, oil demand was in the low 80s, millions per barrels per day, and ultimately rose over 20 years to 100 million barrels a day. And I'd say the expectation would have been for a one to 2% growth rate. If you remember the previous graph, We're spending the same amount as the super spike era, 2002 to 2014, or at least the start of it. Yet demand is 25% higher, it's 25% higher 20 years later. I mean, let that sink in. Oil demand is 25% higher than 20 years ago. So for everybody worried that demand is peaking and going to fall off a cliff, it may. Certainly, that is a possible scenario that's out there. There's no historical evidence to support that. I'm not sure how much current evidence there is. There are lots of changes in the global economy. China was developing at that time. It's not so much today. Maybe India will replace it. Uh, We do have more of an impact from electric vehicles now than we did back then. I mean, there's a gazillion caveats. I'm not going to make this a boring analysis of oil demand barrels. But what I would say is that Baked into assumptions. If you look at that current green line, which is below the previous line, the slope is the same, but the per unit spending, if you will, is lower per unit of demand. Um, demand better fall off a cliff, right? the The, the current the current capex is consistent with the sixty seven percent decline in demand. Now, I, I don't think oil companies are forecasting a sixty seven percent decline in demand. Uh, That would be consistent, ironically, with some of the net zero scenarios. The problem with those scenarios is we don't have enough new stuff that can possibly fill the gap. So you're going to need oil spending to go up. So if everyone says, Arjun, we don't have China like we did have last time. It's going to be a more lackluster uh, economy. Population growth is slowing. Electric vehicles are coming. Yes, yes, yes. The idea that that's going to lead to a two thirds fall in demand, either 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years from now. I will take the over on that demand number. Now, now the area that is structurally lower, which again may feed into this idea that spending is being held back for whatever reason, is the reinvestment rates. And you could see that we're actually below 40% on cash flow reinvestment rates uh, through 2022. Um, This is the first, and it's an estimate, but I think we've got three quarters already in the books for this year. Uh, this, uh, you know, again, people want to blame politics. They want to blame ESG. I, I think sometimes you have to take some personal responsibility here and look within. If the sector earned a zero percent, a zero percent return on capital last decade, it's not a surprise. Investors are saying, "Don't waste my money again. Give it back to me." And I think you're seeing that in the reinvestment rates. There've been some lessons learned for sure. Uh, There's been some pressure put by traditional investors, and that to me is the overwhelming driver for why reinvestment rates are so low. Yes, we can all get annoyed at very misleading, and I'm being kind here, rhetoric out of Washington politicians, and we can also kind of take some umbrage to the worst part of ESG, which is kind of the virtue signaling anti-fossil fuels element of it. That's an element of ESG, it's not the totality of ESG. But I think neither isn't it the reason for why reinvestment rates are so low. It's good old-fashioned, you wasted my money for 15 years, I want it back now, and this is going to take some time to change. So I'd like to talk now about this question of okay, what if oil prices fall in 2023? So you're talking about a structural oil cycle, but you've also noted that year to year, oil will be very volatile if 2023 is a recession year, and if we therefore have a pullback, how would we still know we're in a structural upcycle? Maybe the cycle had turned over. And what I'd like to look at, I'm gonna start with the 2002 to 2014 lessons. And so this looks at return on capital by year uh, versus the oil price, it's an XY graph. And just a couple things to highlight. Let's look at the upcycle from 2002 to 2006. Oil went from the mid-20s in nominal terms to over $60 a barrel by 2006, and you can see the almost straight-line improvement in returns on capital, a really, really strong period. But that was the peak. Uh, People like myself, we date the end of the cycle to 2014. The reality is returns on capital actually peaked in 2006. Look at 2006 to 2008. Oil went from the mid-60s to about $100 a barrel. Returns on capital fell. This, to me, is my biggest regret and mistake that I made. I I know people think it's related to headline oil forecasts. It's this. This is what I've always been passionate about. It's what I focused. And my excuse in 2008, or really 2010 and 11, would have been that returns are still good. Um, Not good enough. Uh, when When you have oil go up $35 and returns fall, that is a real warning sign. Let's look at another data point. 2012 versus 2002, oil prices had quadrupled, quadrupled, yet the return on capital, it's the same universe of 75 to 80 companies, uh, actually was about the same. So tell me that all prices and returns are one to one. There is a relationship, there's certainly a year to year relationship, but the longer term cycles are driven by capital allocations decisions. This experience, this little triangle of sort of one good and two ugly data points, I think is as much proof as as one can provide. So let's look at this current period. Uh, This is a regression. This is a quarterly regression. Again, we're trying to get some real-time data here if we can, or relish time data. Uh, This is 2015 to the current most recent quarter, third quarter 2022. I did take out the COVID years because it just makes it look ugly. It does not change the conclusion. Feel free to add those quarterly data points back if you want to. I think you'd notice most notably, the last four quarters, we have generally been above the regression line. Now, I use reported net income. There were some write-offs related to Russia and elsewhere in Q1 that caused that number to dip below the regression line. Again, these things can be noisy on a short-term basis. I still feel very good. Um, that we are clearly in the early stages of this cycle. And you go back to CapEx near trough, CapEx adjusted for demand near trough, reinvestment rates near trough. All of that should give people confidence that even if we have oil prices pull back, and it could pull back a lot next year, that could cause a sequential hit in returns. But the structural cycle, I think, remains intact. A couple other graphs. I'm going to go through these next uh, handful of graphs. I think it's three or four relatively quickly since you've seen them before. But this is uh, Energy's weight in the S&P 500, uh, its market cap weight versus its earnings weight. And in round numbers, uh, oil should be about 10% of S&P earnings. It's about 5% of its market cap weight. Uh, it, it's my good friend and former colleague, David Coston's great line, energy tends to punch its weight in the S&P, currently only punching about half its weight. So even if we have a little bit of downside volatility next year, there clearly is room for energy's weighting, perhaps not in the next three months, six months, who knows? I'm not a short-term trader. I find no appeal to it. But maybe there is the chance for us to have actually a decently high s p weight. And when you look back in time, typically energy peaks at mid-teens kind of percentages of the S&P, not 5%. Same thing with Russell growth. Uh, this graph only goes back to 2009 where I was able to get the sectoral weightings in Russell growth. Now, energy is not a growth sector. But this is kind of my point, that when a sector is profitable and it makes money and stocks go up, it is going to be irresistible to investors because growth guys will come back. Again, energy is not a growth sector. It's not on track to turn into, I'm talking about traditional energy. But we have seen energy reach as much as 12% of the Russell Growth Index uh, back at the high points of the super spike era. Today, we're up off the of lows from a, you know, almost zero to just 2%, I think we've got some room to go. A uh, couple final graphs here that, again, I think you've seen before, value versus growth. This is deeply cyclical. Growth had outperformed from uh, you know 2006, 2007 to 2020, very much consistent with sort of energy uh, underperforming over that period. Energy is a value sector. Uh, as you can see, we're up off the lows, but well below prior highs. And again, a similar one, a little bit of a cleaner graph, energy versus tech. I know everyone loves tech. I love tech. How could you not love tech? The thing is, as a stock market sector, it too is cyclical. You know, and I'll probably do a separate video on going through it. But this question on sustainability of oil demand, what is the sustainability of any technology product? I'm using a MacBook Pro now. Is this going to be something around in 100 years? As oil demand has been, what about the iPhone that I'm probably going to be recording uh, the voice on this on? Is that going to be around 100 years from now or might we have? So like the sustainability of tech products is nothing like the sustainability of the fundamental need for energy. Uh, and given how long energy transitions t- take to last, I-, I think that contributes to this cyclicality here where people take energy for granted and they fall in love with the promise of tech. And again, we're, we're just at the opposite ends of that right now. Uh, So, I'd like to end this video on a personal note. Just a few points here at the end of the year. Happy Hanukkah. Um, I would like to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Now, that's not a typo. We actually have in our family, people from Great Britain, I have a child who studies over in the United Kingdom. Happy Christmas is the phrase. I'd like to wish it to everybody. Happy Festivus. For all of the rest of us that may not technically fall into either the Hanukkah or Christmas category, our family always celebrated Christmas, um, but in the religious sense of it, uh, it may not fully apply. So we'd like to wish everyone a happy Festivus here at Super Spiked as well. And lastly, Happy New Year. Uh, I don't know if this will quite be the final Spiked post for 2022. I might record one uh, in that week after New Year's, but if I don't, I'd like to wish everyone a happy holiday season hope you get to spend time with friends and family really appreciate everyone's engagement and i've had a blast um, writing the post recording the videos and looking forward to a little downtime here in the holiday season thank you